Okay, episode seven, guys. This one's a bit of a mini episode. Um, it's with Thomas Jordan from the Maths Department. We talk about how he got into maths and what pure maths is. And he ends on some really lovely advice for lecturers and postgrads. Um, I'm a little bit distracted by a very delicious cup of green tea that I was offered. Sorted caramel flavour. Howard House has the best tea, guys. So yeah, I might seem a little distracted, but it's okay. It's still a good episode. Uh, have a listen. Enjoy. Let me know what you think on Twitter at LWID underscore UOB. And yeah, enjoy. Jordan. I'm a lecturer here in mathematics. I mostly focus on pure mathematics, so that's fundamental research in mathematics. It doesn't necessarily have applications, but the applications may come later. I also lecture large first class, first year classes here, and also some of the more specialised third and fourth year classes, and supervise PhD students. Oh wow, so a lot. You cover a, a large range. Uh, so, when when did you first have an interest in maths? When did that start for you? Well, I always had an interest to some extent. So, one thing is my family are all mathematicians. So, both my parents are mathematicians and my older brother also went into maths. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, I grew up with maths a lot. Yeah. But when I... I think there was a project I did when I... which was for GCSE, so when I was 15 to 16. It was before everything is... now everything is exam-based, but this is when you still had project work which also counted mm -hmm. and that was actually read to some really interesting mathematics and I really enjoyed it and that was really first when I thought maybe this is a subject I could go on to start to study further. Yeah so what so you specialize in pure maths yeah when when did you decide that was it kind of was that always what you wanted to go into because I know you get given a lot of options in a lot of different disciplines when you study it so it's like, well, it's hard because the notion of pure maths very much changes from A-level to university. Mm -hmm. So at A-level, pure maths is not... What's called pure maths at university is not really taught at A-level mm -hmm. because at A-level, proofs and reasons why things work are not really focused on. And okay. that's the essence of pure mathematics. So what at A-level is called pure maths is really mathematical methods. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, so when I applied, I was probably more interested in going into statistics. Mm -hmm. But that changed when I got to university and found I really enjoyed pure mathematics more. Okay. And I think the reason was because some of the things we did at statistics were basically coming from probability. Mm -hmm. And that's really an area of pure mathematics. Okay. Okay. So what is it about maths and pure maths that you love? Why is it your thing? <laughs> it's always a hard question to ask, answer, but I think just the satisfaction of having struggled with a problem, to actually get somewhere, you have to spend quite a lot of time, go down lots of false alleys, and eventually coming to a see and when you actually start to feel that you're understanding something more, then that's, that's really enjoyable. So, to, so there's a lot of frustration in studying pure mathematics because 
most of the time you're not really understanding something properly. And, but when you do get to grips with it, I just find that really satisfying. Mm -hmm. So you, you're kind of, you might have to, for me, because I, I try and summarize me what exactly, if you're, so on a, if you're doing something on a day-to-day -day basis, what, what is it you do? What is pure maths? That might be a huge topic and a ridiculous question, but. So, for example, you think, they're still very easy to state properly. So I could give it an ex example. If we take, say, the natural numbers, mm -hmm. and if it's even, divide them by two. Mm -hmm. If it's odd, multiply by three and add one. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So just pick any natural number and start with that process. Yeah. So if you start with one, you go to four, mm -hmm. then you go to two, and then you go back to one. Okay. And then you keep cycling around. Yep. Okay, so I feel like there's going to be a lot of stops here just so we can figure out what's going on. When I was doing the interview, I was like, I totally know what you're talking about. And then when I got home and listened to it back, I was like, oh, I just need to figure this out. So natural numbers are any of the integers. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, etc. Um, what he's saying is if it's an odd number, you times it by three and plus one. If it's an even, you divide by two. So if you start with one, times it by three is three, plus one equals four. You've got four, so it's an even number. We divide by two, which then equals two, another even number, divide that by two, and you get one, which is an odd number. So then you times it by three, plus one, you get four again. That's what he means by about going round in a loop. Okay, we're up to, we're up to that point now. Let's continue. So you can ask what happens if you start with any other natural number? And it's still not known whether you'll always return to this cycle 1, 4, 2, 1. Okay. So, well, that's a very simple problem to state. It's, it's still not known today. And probably to solve it, you'd have to bring in some quite abstract structures. Mm -hmm. And so some of your maths, you have very specific problems to state like that, and you're trying to solve them. Sometimes you're more trying to develop the structures which could lead to solving problems like this. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. You can tell in my voice where I'm panicking and thinking, oh God, I'm interviewing a mathematician. I know hardly anything about maths. Um, but basically what he's saying is that the aim of pure mathematicians or one of the goals of pure mathematicians or it's unknown is whether any number up to like 10 digits or a million digits whether you'll still end up with this uh one four two kind of loop um and so yeah that's that's one of the things they look into um i still am super confused in the past so i jump to a completely different question as a lecturer and um what what is your average day like what what do you do when you get in so, because it very much depends on the time of year. Mm -hmm. So, and there'll be a mixture of things. So, there'll be, I'll be trying to find some, t I'll be hoping to maybe find some time I can work on research problems. Mm -hmm. But I may have other things that I also need to get done. There might be a deadline for an exam to be written. There might be, uh, there might be a referee report I need to write. Mm -hmm. I also may have meetings with PhD students to discuss their work. Mm -hmm. And if it's joint term time, I may have lectures to give. And of course, there's also time to prepare lectures. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. What is your favourite thing about maths? If you could just do one thing forever, what would it be? <laughs> I would say the fact that you're constantly learning new things. Okay, yeah. So coming across new ideas in an area and getting to grips with those mm -hmm. would probably, that would, so of course it's not really one thing, but just that general idea of doing yeah. that. Would. Yeah, yeah. And so what is the worst thing about it? I find, I think refereeing papers is one of the hardest things. So you're getting a, so this is where you're given a paper written by other mathematicians and you're meant to, and you're meant to judge whether it's suitable to be published in a certain journal. Mm -hmm. So you have to think, whether the result is of the right sort of level for that journal, whether the paper is well enough written, uh, whether it's correct, mm -hmm. and all of this. I mean, sometimes it's rewarding if it's, if it's a good, well-written paper, but oftentimes if it's borderline and you're trying to make a decision, which, and also because in the hiring process, which journals people publish in really affects the outcome for their career. Mm. So it's an important decision for people that you make, but, you're, but you can't just accept everything. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. So, so, so I think that's one of the things I find most difficult and also something I don't enjoy so much. Mm -hmm. That seems fair. <laughs> um, are there any common myths or misconceptions kind of concerning maths or mathematicians that you, you kind of think, no, like you see represented on TV or someone says something and you're like, no, it's not like that. Or maybe it is like that and they've actually got it spot on. But... <laughs> There's probably too many to state here, but there are, there are all sorts of ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, if you were watching, maybe we're watching a sports game, or maybe say at the end of the football season, yeah. and somebody say, you'll need a mathematician to let you know what's going on at the table. Yeah. Probably the last person you should ask for that is a mathematician. Right, <laughs> okay. Because basically what they need, what you need is somebody to do basic arithmetic for you. Right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so basic arithmetic is not right. It is mathematics, but only at a very basic level. Yeah. And a lot of mathematicians really don't like doing basic arithmetic. Oh, okay. <laughs> and also, if you if you ever get in, if you so at university, if you get involved in a society, mm -hmm. you often find mathematicians being put under pressure to become a treasurer. Okay. Oh, right. Yep. Of course. <laughs> and again, there's no particular reason why, because it really doesn't relate to. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so is it the more it's the more abstract it's almost I so when I I remember doing uh, when I did GCSE maths I loved it and I remember going I'm going to do A level maths and I'm going to do maths for like I'm going to go and do it at university and then I got to A level maths and realized it was almost like another chapter of maths like not what I was expecting and I imagine it's the same with degree level that this kind of stage of maths where you almost go from numbers to letters to just something that no one would ever think is actually maths per se is that the kind of stuff that more mathematicians enjoy rather than yes i think i mean certainly in pure mathematics people enjoy working at an abstract level mm. and but also rather than doing calculations really trying to explain things so another misconception is that and I think some of our students, when they get here, say they did mathematics because they don't like writing. Okay. But actually, to do mathematics proper, properly, you need to be able to write. Mm -hmm. Although it, you don't need to write wrong essays, but you need, do need to give good descriptions of what you're doing. Okay. Otherwise, it's of no value to anybody else. Because other people, because so you can do, 
however much mathematics you do on your own, mm. if nobody else can understand what you're doing, it's, it's of no value. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to write to explain what you're doing so that other people can understand it. Gotcha. And the more difficult the mathematics becomes, the more important it is to be able to explain what you're doing. Okay. I see. So you do... Because I always imagined, you know when you see boards with big long equations on? Yeah. Either one on the far end there. So on this board is uh, just a lot of letters and some symbols and brackets and what I would consider probably letters from some dead language that no one's used in a hundred thousand years. But um, it's intimidating, not going to lie, but it's, it's impressive and that is the board I'm gesturing to. Um, or any of them in here, actually. I don't know what they say. But um, would you still need... You'd still need, like, a verbal explanation of what's doing. You can't just look at something and be like, oh, OK, I see what they're doing there. You still... You still pick, if you look at, say, the board, mm. not, not, the, not the one... Not that one the, one, the one to the right. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still written in sentences. So yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. This board that Thomas then indicates to is actually does have sentences, but again, still nonsense to me, but things like if y equals x squared, then z is something. Anyway, basically it's, it's sentences intermittent with bits of maths. So although some of them are symbols, but there's a for symbol and a subset symbol, but you could read that as a sentence. Yeah. Okay. And, and, that, and, that's, and it's always important that you need to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, because I, I guess I always assumed it would be just symbols and letters and numbers that only mathematicians could read, but I guess not. Um, what, so what direction do you see maths heading? Like, what's its impact in the future? I guess that's such a broad question, right? Because it can be applied to almost everything. But I sometimes think some applications can get overstated mm -hmm. and there's a more fundamental reason for mathematics being important, which is the vigorous and logical thinking at an abstract level mm -hmm. is actually an extremely important skill which, has a, which transfers over to other areas. Mm -hmm. And so being able to think clearly and logically is an important skill in its own right. And sometimes this isn't emphasised so much in other areas. And so I think that's a major value of pure mathematics research, when it's not so much what area and what application it has, but just a general idea of thinking query logically in abstract settings. Okay. Yeah, so it's maths for maths' sake, not for a specific thing, like you're not applying it to computer science, or you're not applying it to economics, or, yeah, I'm trying to think of... But it's everything, right? It, it can be applied to everything. Yeah, I mean, there are, of course, lots of applications of mathematics, mm. but I think just this general thing of geological thinking in abstract settings and also problem solving are... Because although there are applications, most of our students won't use much of what they've done in their degree in their jobs, if anything at all. Oh, OK. But still, mathematics has very high employment rates. Yeah. So, but employers are not looking for, say, linear algebra or ring theory or gamma theory or even more applied things like differential equations. Yeah. But I think they're looking for just problem-solving skills mm -hmm. and logical thinking, which comes from studying mathematics. Oh, interesting. 
I see, yeah, so it is the range of skills it teaches you, not necessarily the actual maths that you can do. That's really interesting. I'd never thought of it like that. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, <clears throat> so with that in mind then, are you do you enjoy things like problem solving outside of it? So even if it's not mathematics, based kind of like riddles or you know kind of things like that do you still enjoy problem solving in day-to-day -day life yes yeah yeah awesome um so i'm going to talk to you about innovation and entrepreneurship now um i was just wondering what what is your definition of those words or your interpretation of innovation and entrepreneurship so innovation basically means to me coming up with new ideas mm -hmm. entrepreneurship so would be trying to exploit those ideas in various ways. Okay, interesting. How how would you apply that to maths or to your kind of your own area of research and study? Like, how would you apply those definitions? So it's much easier with innovation than entrepreneurism because innovation basically is what you're looking for when you're working on mathematics research. Because mm -hmm. to to come up with a way, a new way of looking at a problem is basically is if you're working on a problem which other people have looked at before and not been able to solve, you're not going to be able to solve it just by using standard methods already out known in the field because other people have tried that and, they, and for whatever reason they won't work. Yeah. So innovation is, would be, is very important here because you, you need to come up with new ways of thinking about the problems and new ideas which can be, or which can be used. They're not, because new is because you can also mean being brought from other areas where you've seen them, but they haven't been thought of to be applied in this context. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So innovation is extremely important in mathematics research. Mm. Entrepreneurship is harder coming from, a, coming from a pure mathematics point of view, although I suppose it, presenting things well and getting it across to audiences could be thought of as a way of getting your ideas out into the public making use of them, which is, I guess is a sense of entrepreneurship, yeah. even if it's not the way the word is standardly used. Yeah. So how do you stay up to date with current trends in mathematics? Is it, do you subscribe to journals or are there conferences, that kind of thing? I imagine being in a family of mathematicians as well, you must get a lot of input from other... Yeah, although it's changed a lot in the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so in... There are several ways. So the standard way is to go to conferences. Mm. So I will, will try to go to a few conferences each year which, where people give talks about their recent research. So that's a good way of getting an overall view of what areas are going, where areas where progress is being made at the moment, mm -hmm. maybe in a bit more of an idea of areas which are thought of as being a bit more stale and where progress is not really being made. Yeah. Uh, then journals... I'm now not so, in terms of subscribing to journals, are now not so relevant. Basically, okay. which journal something get published in is only relevant in terms of the person's career and looking on their CV. Right, okay. People now, pretty much everything is now put on the archive, yeah. which is a preprint server for mathematics. Okay. And so that's, that's where things have first appeared, and that's the place where people generally look to read things. Okay. And so most mornings I would look at the archive and see if there's any articles being put on there which are relevant to the area I do yeah and then if, I, if there are I start reading them okay oh interesting um 
So how, how long have you been studying maths for? So I did my I started my PhD in 2002. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so a while now. So has it has it really transformed? You said it's changed a lot in the last 20 years. So has it what I guess with technology advancing? Yeah, it's it's just a lot of things basically to do with the internet. So Yeah. We have in maths we have a lot of it's usual to have collaborators who, I mean, I have collaborators in Hungary, Poland, Chile, various places. Mm-hmm. And previously, to actually get on with the projects, you'd need, well, you could maybe exchange emails. Basically, to do anything more than that, you'd need to go and visit them. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we can have Skype calls and use and put files in Dropbox folders. Mm-hmm. And just in general, collaboration has become much more easy with the, te- with the technology which mm-hmm. has come in. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So it's just made things, I guess, easier in a way. Yeah. And, of co- and it's also much easier to stay up to date with the literature. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to wait for things to like come through the post box or things like that. Yeah, you do. It's just there when it's ready. Um, so have you got any exciting future projects coming up? Are you... Are you working on anything in particular or do you just kind of, I don't know, I don't know how it works. Like, Do you find a topic and you'll go, this is what I'm going to research or do you just kind of keep running things to find and then something suddenly appears and you're like, I'm going to follow that. So the thing I'm currently working on, so we have regular, so the thing I didn't mention about keeping up to date is in Bristol we have a regular seminar, which is uh, a Gothic theory seminar. Mm. Uh, so we have basically weekly talks from people around the UK or maybe occasionally slightly further afield to talk about what they've been working on. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of months ago, somebody gave a talk in that seminar and then during their visit, they mentioned, a, they asked me about the problem I was working on and asked if I, they were working on and asked if I had any ideas. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about that and came up with something which seemed to make progress. Okay. And so that's something I'm currently work, working on, finishing writing that up with them. Okay, interesting. Oh, that's exciting then. So that's all my questions. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Like anything you never get the chance to? If you want to tell someone about why you love maths, is there anything else you want to say? So, well, there are some mundane aspects of academic life. Mm. I think the two main areas, which are the research and teaching, mm. are both extremely enjoyable. Yeah. And to get a chance to work on something which you find really enjoyable mm. is incredibly rewarding. and it's not something everybody gets. So I think as academics, often we moan too much and we should remember that we are in quite a rocky position. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. And also with undergraduate students, well, again, lectures often moan about students aren't as good as they were 20 years ago. <laughs> they're, they're not interested in the subject. Yeah. They're actually, all, every year I teach the first year, there are always some very keen students mm. who always and their enthusiasm for mathematics is always extremely rewarding. Mm. And I think that's sort of an important point to make. Okay. That sometimes we're too negative. Oh, that's, yeah. You, I think that tends to be the human condition, is we mm. do focus on the negatives more than the positives. Um, so what would you say to someone if they were, you know, if they were a bit um, disenchanted by maths, like if they had started studying it and weren't, enjoying it as much is do you have any advice for how to kind of keep the love alive (laughs) yeah unfortunately that's not unusual yeah 
So if I had good advice, I'd be offering it more. But I think it can come, if you preserve, you can. F so if you see something unfamiliar, often you won't like it at first. Yeah. But if you pres preserve with it, it will get better. And if you went to university and everything was the same as A-Level, mm. it would be a waste of time. Yeah. And so you should expect to get new things. And hopefully, if you stick with it, you will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Good advice. I like it. Well, thank you very much sitting down and talking with me about it um you've definitely made me see a different side of maths that it, it's definitely one of those things where if you talk to people it's like a love-hate subject right? yeah and it's interesting to know that actually it isn't what people might think it is it isn't all about just numbers and arithmetic it is yeah. this problem solving so that is really interesting um well thank you um and yeah Okay, <laughs> Short but sweet. Um, it was really nice having a chat with Thomas. Um, I kind of expected some kind of goodwill hunting vibe to happen that I'd walk in the building and see a equation and I'd be able to figure it out and be like yeah maths is my calling it didn't happen I'm not a super secret genius damn it but anyway yeah it was really great chatting to him um if you enjoyed it please let me know on twitter at lwyd underscore uob and stay tuned for the next episode take it easy